0: Well, hello everybody and welcome to Galaxy Moonbeam Nightsite. We are the retro show where we talk about anything, everything having to do with nostalgia, especially the baby boomer years. Those of us born between roughly the years of 1945 and 1965, you're going to really be able to connect with this show. I'm Mike. I'm Smitty. And this is our collectibles episode today, Smitty, Uh and we are going to talk about collections of the past and collections of the future Mm -hmm. and things that are collected now that weren't collected then, things that were collected then that aren't collected now. Yes. All in a half-hour show, Smitty.
1: All wrapped up in a half-hour show with a little bow on top.
0: But before we go on, can I check the change in your pocket? I'm in desperate search for a 1955 S Lincoln wheat penny
1: oh okay well here i'll out my pocket so you can uh, okay. check Okay,
0: because i happen to find something in my in my archives my personal archives i have a lot more time now to go through things yes and i'm the guy that not necessarily a pack rat not a pack rat but a guy who carried along things for years and years i have my first scholastic book we did a show oh. about world war one the anniversary yes. and this book was the united states in world war one I. I still have it Still has my name, roommate at Buchanan School, and I probably got that scholastic book, I would say, probably 1962. I still have it, and something that I have that I just found that I didn't think I had anymore, remember the little blue folders where you could stick pennies in your penny collection, and it looked like a book. Well, I found Lincoln Head Sense. Number two and number one. Number two is desperately in need of a 1955S. Ah. Some of the guys in the neighborhood collected stamps. Other guys collected... I knew a a guy and his sister collected butterflies. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, not the bandages, but the insects. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, there were guys... Some guys collected hockey. Hockey cards, and other guys baseball cards, and other guys, they would not be interested in anything but football cards, and there were guys who collected things and a lot of the boy scout the eagle scouts they collected things as part of earning a merit badge but just the joy of collecting it was a youthful uh, sensitivity that you don't forget i don't think your entire lifetime having your collection and you could talk about a collection you had something very interesting
1: yeah well i used to collect stamps when i was a kid uh mike i still have one of my stamp albums, I haven't actively collected stamps in many, many years, but once in a while I kind of get, I even today with just as busy as I am, I get a hankering and I go, you know, maybe I can squeeze that in as, as a little hobby occasionally, but I haven't done it. But that was so much fun when I was a kid. I collected stamps. Uh, I uh, also have a postcard collection. Uh, I collect postcards that are radio and television related. There's a lot of them, surprisingly, a lot of them where the subject of the postcard is a radio station or a radio tower or radio personality or a television related. So... I haven't actively collected that in a while, but that was a lot of fun. You know, it's always fun to, with the postcards, it's always fun to go to one of these shows and kind of rifle through the vendors' boxes and look and see what they've gotten. You're looking for the elusive card you've never seen before. Wow, where'd this come from?
0: When did you start collecting those, Smitty? The postcards? The, or, first stamps and then
1: postcards. Oh, stamps. I probably was uh, uh, probably around maybe 10 or 11 when I first started collecting stamps. I don't know what how I started Collecting stamps, I just found the postage stamps were fascinating because they were little tiny. They were like little tiny works of art, a little tiny stamp, you know. With a lot of the European ones, have paintings and they have animals and they have all kinds of different things, ships and planes and and all kinds of things. Then the American stamps are also a lot of fun to collect. So I was probably about ten or eleven years old when I started collecting postage stamps.
0: Interesting, because stamps, I got a little bit interested. I guess I was about 12 years old, and then I kept going back to the love of collecting coins. Mm-hmm. And 65 was when this particular Lincoln head sent album that I'm talking about. The last date of the penny that you could stick into the little locking uh, area was 1965. So that would tell you when I got that. Mm-hmm. Maybe Probably the year or two years before, mm-hmm. I remember how exciting it was to find a penny that hadn't been placed in the these albums. And it was really exciting because on collection, the first part of the collection goes from 1909 until 1940. That was really difficult, even in the mid-60s, to try and fill those sure. up. But the thrill, and I remember once my grandfather took me to a coin shop, and there were three or four coins that I just couldn't find in pocket change or anywhere else in shoebox. Or behind the sofa, and i would I found two or three and the the joy of being able to give the guy i think it was maybe two dollars for those three pennies that I needed, but I had the two dollars and my grandfather pitched in, and just the thrill of of snapping in maybe when you found you talk about stamps, and I agree they're exquisite works of art mm-hmm. all through history, oh, yeah. some of those beautiful stamps are yeah. from around the world, right, yeah.
1: I fully understand that, Mike, the the joy of finding a stamp or a coin to fill in a hole, you know, that the stamp album that I had had on the pages, it would have like a little black and white picture of the stamp that you're supposed to put in there, you know. And looking at them, uh, believe it or not, a lot of the, uh, actually, a lot of the Eastern European, the Eastern Bloc countries had very beautiful stamps, the Soviet Union had beautiful postage stamps.
0: I know Hungary did.
1: Hungary did. Magyar posta. Magyar posta. I remember. Magyar posta. Um, Romania, um, uh, Czechoslovakia, beautiful postage stamps.
0: And do you know why that was? <clears throat> why is that? I did a little research. Not that I'm in the genre of the stamps, but I looked up postage, collectible postage stamps, works of art, oppressed nations oh, over history. Oh, hmm. Because they knew those stamps would be go around the world to everywhere, and they wanted their countries to look prosperous and Um, successful and rich. That makes a lot of sense. So they would commission artists to do. Well, millions of people were starving in Russia. Joseph Stalin commissioned five guys, artists, to design the most beautiful stamps in the world, and they did. Like you say, some of the old Soviet Union stamps are just exquisite.
1: They are. They really, really are. What's your favorite?
0: Did you have a favorite when you were a kid? There was one that just jumped out, maybe because of the way you acquired it or what it meant to you or even who gave it to you.
1: There was a postage stamp shop here in San Diego years ago, Henry's Stamp Shop, H-E-N-R-Y. The gentleman who owned it was named Henry. I used to deal a lot with a gentleman who worked there that was named Larry. Nice, wonderful people. I don't know whether any of them are still with us anymore. The postage stamp has been, a shop has been long gone. But I really was interested in the Russian stamps because at that time I was kind of fascinated with the Soviet Union, kind of wondering about this huge country on the other side of the world and looking at the postage stamps. They had a series of stamps that portrayed a bunch of different aircraft. And the aircraft are shown in the sky, and there's the beautiful paintings. And then in the background is like a constellation with stars. Just beautiful works of art, like you said, Mike. Those were among my favorites. And then Hungary, Hungary had a series of, um, I guess, from the 1950s that were like workers. They showed, uh, for example, uh, truck drivers, and they showed uh, trolley conductors, and they showed these neat-looking '50s vehicles and things. And it kind of was en- enough to, for me anyway, to, to stop and think: you know, who are these people, and is this what their life is like, and what is their country like, and will I ever see their country, and just everything, every question: who, what, why, where? You know, it just really for a child, it opened up your imagination.
0: Were you a they call us old souls. Maybe we are. I, I thought old souls applied to that pair of Bostonians that you gave to the Salvation Army. But that too. Old souls like me would look at a stamp collection. And when I had my stamp collection, I remember those books too with the with the black and white. Outline, so you knew which yes, one. Exactly. I remember the, the, what do they call them, hinges, too, Hinges,
1: I mean, stamp hinges, yes.
0: You'd bend them over, and so I guess you could look at the back of them.
1: Yeah, and that allowed you to to remove the stamp to if you wanted off, to. Yeah, 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 I, yeah I absolutely. Had. But
0: I, I always thought about, Smitty, that stamps, not so much the coins, because I also had a side collection of tokens, mm-hmm. and tokens were given out. I've got a token for the 1934 Chrysler Airflow. Wow. And it was just uh, amazing for its time. It's yeah. streamlined. But I have a token that Chrysler would give out when you took a test ride in a 34, in a 34 Chrysler in Airflow. So, And I've got Lucky Lindy. That's a Lindbergh. It's Charles Lindbergh's flight from New York to Paris. Oh, yeah. And in 27, I guess they issued millions of these, yeah. but they'd give them out to people sure, as souvenirs. Yeah. And so that's a collectible on its mm-hmm. own. But I often wondered on the postcards, uh-huh. especially the postcards more than the stamps, the person who wrote that, oh yeah, where did they end up? What yeah. was their life about? What was going on in their life when this postcard was sent or this envelope with this stamp on sure, it? Sure, yeah.
1: It's interesting because a lot of the postcards uh, were never used, but I do have a, a good number of them. And I, and if a postcard caught my fancy, it didn't matter if it was if it didn't have anything to do with uh, radio. I'd still buy it if it was kind of a, an interesting looking card. I've got some very early ones from uh, right after the turn of the century that are actually written. And a lot of them are from little rural towns or addressed to rural towns. And, you know, somebody went to the city and they sent, you know, Aunt Mabel a, a postcard back home in the little town. And you read what they said. And I'm here having a wonderful time. And you wonder, exactly as you said, Mike, who were these people? What was their life like? What happened to them? Uh, when did they pass on? Did they have any children? Did they have any descendants? What became of these people? It's really fascinating to stop and think about that, about who these people
0: were. I think that's the joy of collecting. Yeah. There Well, there are people, I'm sure, that collect roof, roofing tax. Sure. Or, you know, samples of drywall. Obscure stuff, yeah, yeah. But to me, the mystique and the magic of collecting something, you and I both have a common interest in collecting radios and small appliances. Yeah. Even the smoke rat, the smoke rat. The smoke rat radio, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. The guy who smoked a pipe and listened to Life O'Reilly in 1950 touched those dials. Yeah. And what we're talking about, folks, is a very collectible radio called the smoke rat. Smoke rat, yeah. Smoke rat, yeah. And it was a radio that was, uh, the body was changed so that it could accommodate people who smoked cigars, pipes, and uh, other forms of tobacco. It had Mm -hmm. little canisters and humidors, and that's where you'd sit, and those advertising advertisements are ageless, the ones where the dad's sitting there, listening to the radio, and he's smoking a pipe, mom's got a cigarette, and the two kids are sitting in front (laughs) catching that secondary smoke.
1: That's right, yeah. Yeah, the smokerette was meant so you could sit down in your favorite easy chair and you had the radio right there with you and you had your pipes, your tobacco, your matches, your... newspaper, everything. Yeah, your newspaper, everything, you know. Mike, later on, I began collecting, as we've talked about on our show many times, collecting antique radios. And TV sets, and I can't tell you how many times I've looked at one of my old radios and I just stare at it and I wonder who owned this radio, who were the people, what did they listen to, what were they listening to during the Depression, President Roosevelt, World War II, what happened to this radio when television came in? Did it get put in a garage? Did it get put in a back bedroom? Oh, it's too nice of a piece of furniture to throw away. Let's just put it in the back bedroom and use it as a table. And I stop and think about the people who listened and what happened to them and what became of them and what kind of joy and entertainment did that radio give these people that owned it. I can't tell you how many times I've thought about that when looking at one of my old sets.
0: Have you ever been able to pedigree the owner to a radio in your collection or one of your TV sets, Smitty?
1: No, Mike, never. Uh, Well, to a certain degree, I have, to a certain degree. Several years ago, I, I bought a, a 1929 Victor console that uh, came out of the original owner's house in Michigan. And I didn't know the people's name or or who they were specifically, but the fact that it came out of the original owner's house, an 80-year-old radio, and it's in beautiful shape. It was obviously well-loved, well-cared for, even long after the golden age of radio they cared enough about this piece to keep it probably in a prominent spot in their living room and it, it was well cared for it was polished it was cleaned it was no it, nobody abused it but it's hard unless you really get something from somebody that you knew or from somebody who knew the family um, there's probably a couple of other sets that I might know a little bit about the background on them, but uh, I've never been able to really pedigree, oh, this was so-and-so's radio, and they bought it on this date and whatever. It, yeah. it, it's kind of hard, you know, unless you really knew the people, that the family that owned it.
0: Well, look at all the shows that are coming about, and some of them have been here a while. Pond Stars has been around sure, probably, well, 10 or 11 years or, yeah. more,
1: or more. Or more, yeah. But
0: all the following shows, HGTV will have them. There's Flea Market Flip, where people are taking things that aren't so collectible and making collectible things out of them. Mm. I learned something on one of the shows. I think maybe it was Pawn Stars. They were they were chiseling a guy down, you know, <laughs> take, him, take him down to his belt loops. Yeah. And then go sell it. Anyway, that's what they do, and that's fine. But there's a lot of education in those shows about collecting. And I always thought, because my wife kept my daughter's Beanie Babies and their McDonald's toys still in the in the wrappers, still wow, in the bags, yeah. and they're worth almost nothing. You know why? Because the Beanie Babies, they were made to be collected. Yeah. That's why so many people had them. People yeah. put them away, Krugerrands, things uh, that were made to be collected. So the best collectibles is like pennies and like stamps. Well, yeah. maybe the argument some stamps were made to be collectible, but... They're probably – Gilbert M. Smith, as a young, avid stamp collector, there was probably the stamp that he wanted and tried every way he could to get a block yeah. of them, a first issue. Yeah. Or Could you talk about that? Because we're relating to what it's like to be a collector because that will ring so true with a lot of listeners be- based on some of our feedback that we get. Yeah, uh, There's a guy that – where? A guy forgot where it was. Gainesville, collected hubcaps. Now, that's interesting. That's interesting. Made a hubcap garden. Yeah. yeah. And that was probably around show 45. And we were talking about jukeboxes. But a guy that turned his, leveled his garden and turned his garden into a hubcap garden. (laughs) Hats off to you.
1: Hats off to him. Must be
0: blinding in the noon sun. Oh,
1: my gosh. If he gets those things and points them in the right direction, he could have a powerful beam of uh, sunlight there. I have
0: a squirrel over there right by the 59 Nash. Well,
1: there was. (laughs) Um no, well, there was always that, as you mentioned, Mike, that thrill about you know trying to find the elusive stamp or stamps or set of stamps, and luckily I was uh, involved with the people at that stamp shop that were very, very helpful, and the guy, and I, I had a little catalog. I actually had a specific catalog for Russian stamps, because I was really into the Russian stamps for some reason.
0: That's because you were a communist agent. Oh, don't tell anybody,
1: Mike. The my, truth can be told. That's all in my past. Alger now.
0: Hiss is looking for you.
1: Yes, he is, and the House Un-American Activities Committee. There's a Smitty (laughs) hiding under every bad America. (laughs) But uh, I used to contact uh, my contact. I used to contact my contact there, uh, uh, Larry. And I would tell him, Larry, what about this one on page or whatever? And he'd say, oh, yeah. I said, we don't have that one, but I don't have that set, but I can get that for you, you know. and um, Real helpful. It was always helpful to align yourself with a shop or an individual that was really knowledgeable. I'm sure the coins were the same way. Because you always had these specific, holes in your book or album or whatever that you wanted to fill. You know, you say, I'm going to, I'm going to fill that stamp. I'm going to get that coin. That's been eluding me. And when you got it and you put it in your album, you just felt so wonderful. Wow, I've got that stamp already.
0: Best day yet. Best day
1: yet, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Did you ever find the upside-down 1918 biplane oh, airmail?
1: No. the
0: cent, Half-cent airmail?
1: No. No, they're worth the, what, thousands and what, thousands of dollars? Yeah.
0: I've always thought that was urban myth or urban lore, but like the Ty Cobb bubblegum card or the Ty Cobb... <clears throat> The Ty Cobb cigarette card because he hated cigarettes. Oh, so okay. there was fifteen made, and you can name your price if wow. you can find one. Wow, yeah. But a lot of these things that, you know, we talked about Whammo products, sure. the slip and slide, and the Whirly Bird. There are people that collect Whammo. In other words, yeah. Oh, what, yeah. What are some of the strangest collections you've ever seen? Wow. That, well, that
1: weren't yours. That weren't mine. My... I know
0: yours are pretty strange.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Mine yeah. are stranger.
1: Yeah. yeah. Like when I was a kid, I used to also collect license plates. Okay. Well, I had, like okay. A, I had
0: a license But other people... Um... But you got the same vibe on the license plates, because I know, because my brother collects license plates. Ah. So shout out to my brother, Tim. His whole patio is festooned with them, and I get that same vibe we talked about earlier. I wonder if the people are... Li- that drove this car with texas plates from 1963 where did they end up yeah are any of them still here
1: right yeah and where did they go and what kind of a car was this plate on you know but as far as getting back to odd uh, oddities um i have a very good friend who collects electric fans he collects fluorescent lights vintage fluorescent fixtures uh, he collects clocks. That's not really that that weird. But he, he's he's into very interesting. He collects lighting, vintage lighting. Um, there are people who collect vintage uh, 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 stoves, vintage refrigerators. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. Name anything, and there's probably somebody out there who's collecting yeah. it. You know, no matter what it might be.
0: Well, I told you earlier, Smitty, even a political collectibles. Sure, collectibles because we're going to go. We've got a few minutes left yeah. here, and we're going to do as our we do with our annual collectible show. We're going to first find out what everybody's got out there and see if it's something we can use. Yes. But then we're going to talk about the trends. So you've probably got maybe your, uh, your Aunt Minnie's souvenir spoon collection. Now, these are the tiny souvenir sterling spoons that you would get when you went to Yellowstone mm-hmm. or Niagara Falls or... You know, Boo Boo's Alligator Farm, and
1: yeah, or, <laughs> yeah, or Six Flags over Texas, yeah. or you know, some uh, national park yeah. or something. Yeah,
0: and I think everybody who listens will know what we're yeah. talking about. The little spoons you couldn't use them for anything; they were just pretty. They were decorative, yeah, and they're decorative. Solvang, sure. Oh yeah, we got some Solvang spoons. What's the market on those? <laughs> Meltdown because you would never sell a salt. Maybe there's Solvang collectibles, but Solvang's an area up north from us here in Southern California. They specialize in Danish. Stuff. Yeah, and uh, but talking about something and using that as an example, uh, trends in collecting change. There are people I'm talking to now that I'm retired. I'm hitting the thrift stores as much as I can. Mm-hmm. I don't have to go to a job now, so I've convinced my wife that's my job. Yeah, I got to go find stuff that we can flip to keep this lifestyle going That's right, this, in our golden the, years.
1: This the, this high-living lifestyle. Yeah. I envy my buddy Mike because he's recently retired, and he's able to go around and find all kinds of neat stuff.
0: Thank you very much. <laughs> and uh, You're just a few years behind. And uh, a few years behind. I'll have all the good stuff picked out oh, by the time yeah, you, you get will, there. Oh, you will, yeah. But I, I do, in the course of going to thrift stores here in San Diego and estate sales, I'm yeah. finding people that are in their 30s that are looking for stuff to collect that I was collecting 40 years ago when I was in my 20s. And I would ask them, what what got you? and There's a genre called kitsch. Right. And that's tacky 50s, 60s kitchen stuff, the the, uh, cat wall clock with the tail. Mm Mm-hmm. That's kitsch. Mm Mm-hmm. But there are people that collect dish strainers from the 50s. And I asked some of these folks who who maybe been alive 30, 35 years, what got you into this? Well, I saw pictures, and a lot of younger people, Smitty, are drawn to these sitcoms and a lot of these TV shows that are themed back in the 70s or 60s. And I always thought that was interesting because there's a new population of people that are interested in collecting. I don't know about stamps because there's just not enough mailing going on like there was.
1: No, but there's still you know millions and millions of stamps that have been franked over the years you know they 're still available they 're out there there's you 're right nowadays with the with the internet that 's a technology that's that 's come in and is really cut down on mailing letters we've yeah. talked with our good buddy George He about. In the old days, writing out letters, people don't really do that. We, we pay our bills online, but there's, I mean, millions of stamps that, have, that are out there that have been canceled, that have come off envelopes and things, and and so there's plenty of uh, of that. You know, I think the old standbys are always coin and stamp collecting. Yeah. But people, it's interesting that you mentioned that you know you've run into younger people that are collecting all this other stuff. I think a lot of this stuff is uh, cyclical, isn't it? I mean yeah. it, it comes around it it becomes collectible for a while, and people are really into it, then all of a sudden it'll kind of maybe fade into the background some some other thing some other fad will come forward then maybe years later this this thing comes back back out again into the forefront
0: yeah and and the other c at the end of collectible is always cool mm mm-hmm. it's collectible yeah. if it's cool, I remember the metal lawn chairs from the 50s and oh, 60s yes. they were metal and they would rust and they looked pretty good for a year or two if you took care of them but they'd start to break down and rust and they were the backs looked like seashells they
1: did we had we had a pair of those everybody when I was a kid. had them yeah we had i think everybody
0: in, in america had a couple of those if not a few of them along with the lawn swing perhaps but the metal chairs it's amazing smitty And again, I'm not doing a pitch for HDTV flea market finds, but they're finding these old rusted out chairs now, and they're sandblasting them, putting new paint on them, and they're getting 125 to 150 apiece for them. Wow. I can't tell you how many loads of dump trucks have hauled those off. People would see them. They'd sit in a corner. They used for two years and started rusting, so they got sat in a corner behind the garage for another 20 years. Yep. And now they're in the junkyard. Oh, sure. We're saying this because it's collectible shows, and we used a few examples. We got to kick out of here pretty quick. But the idea is if there's something that you like, it makes sense to collect it. Because, first of all, stuff I collected, I got this whole book of of pennies, and I'll probably end up giving them to my grandson. But to bring back the joy, I met a lady in one of the thrift stores, Smitty, and she just was looking for Kodak snapshots, not even of her family, anybody, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. from the 1960s and 50s. And what got me, and i trying to figure this out and process it, how'd those pictures, that big box, that big box of pictures cardboard box of pictures end up in a thrift store yeah those yeah. was somebody's lives that was a historical document in imagery black and white and in color of the lifetime of somebody and the lady said because they need to be preserved and other people collect just pictures of families that's where we got the one in a previous show I think it was 73 or 74 where we talked about in the '60s and '50s, whenever you had a picture taken inside your house, it was always in front of the television set.
1: Yeah, it always was. Think yeah. about it, folks. Yeah, exactly. No, I, 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 there's people that collect pictures, as, as you said, snapshots of people who also collect slides. Yeah. Um, I remember one time I was in a you, thrift like store, like
0: 35 millimeter. Yeah, th- 35 millimeter photo slides. slides. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah slides. Got you, got yeah.
1: You. I remember one time I was in a thrift store and I'm just kind of browsing on a shelf. I picked up this looked like a photo album. I thought it was empty. It was full of pictures. There was some some elderly folks, there were some, some babies, there was and you wonder who were these people and how, and exactly what you just said, Mike, how in the world did this wind up here? Wasn't there someone who cared enough to say, hey, these are pictures of Aunt Millie and Uncle Fred before they passed away, I'm gonna save this. How did they wind up? There? I mean it really broke my heart. It really broke my heart to see that. Somebody's life on a thrift store yeah. shelf.
0: Yeah, so true and, and that is st- that is one of the negative parts about hitting the thrift shops yeah. and the consignment stores and the recycle, is because when life ends, the stuff remains. It does, yeah. The stuff stays here. Yeah. A lot of the stuff goes to the Goodwill and Salvation Army. Some of the stuff goes to the heirs. hmm A lot of the stuff doesn't go to the heirs because the heirs aren't interested. They aren't interested. I'm already preparing that my heirs are not going to be interested in the stuff that is contained in my man cave. Yeah. And my garage, Yes. and my storage bin, so you've got to and make, the back of my van.
1: You got to make arrangements for that.
0: To other places unknown to my wife, <laughs> but these these are memories and these are items, and a lot of them do end up at auctions or estate sales. And you've gone to an estate sale. Oh, I'm sure I you have, because you and I have oh, gone. Yeah,
1: yeah, we've gone. The
0: eerie feeling of going into an estate sale, a house, and walking into the living room. And that's where these people had their furniture and they spent their lives watching TV. There's a 57 Motorola sitting there on the four four legs. And then you walk down the hallway where they went to the bathroom and shaved and showered and took a bath. And the things that are still in the cabinet.
1: Yeah. Were these people that you never knew live their daily life. You know, they, they, they got up in the morning, they shaved, you know, the men shaved, showered, went to work. The wife was home cooking the meals and keeping house, and now all of a sudden they're gone, and there's a hundred strangers in their house picking over everything. I guess it's a, I guess it's a cycle of life, Mike, but yeah. it's but it is kind of a, enough to give you pause and appreciate, you know, whoever was there, even though you never knew them.
0: And we're talking about this show and our collectibles show because. Those collectibles do trigger the sensibilities in yeah. our life. I, there was another lady, and she was at the Discovery Shop—that's American Cancer Consignment Shop. Very mm-hmm. nice place. Very. She was looking for old bottles of Old Spice, the old white bottles yes. with, the, with this with the ship on ship, them. yeah. But there's a way to tell if it's an old one. And like, what do you? We were talking about things we liked, and she said because my father wore Old Spice, and he died in 1958 or something. Yeah. And just to have the bottle makes me feel closer to him, yeah. and that's why some people collect. That that's the that's the nut of the show, folks. Is why do people collect, and why do they get crazy about collections? It could be, it can be a sensitive moment of of things with me. I'm looking at this this album now with these pennies in it. I'm thinking about. I can't tell you every every instance, but I can tell you, the joy of a 11, 12 year old boy finding a penny. Sure in in my grandpa's band-aid can that he kept changed for newspapers yeah absolutely just the feeling so it's one of those things in life that keep us going
1: i think collectibles you know sometimes we collect things sort of to try to recover the past or try to keep part of the past alive you know and and i think that's that that's a big part of it as well mike
0: Well, I think we're going to roll out of here, Smitty. It's been an enjoyable half an hour. I I love it when we go back and talk about things. I get the brain pictures. Sure. And they make things better for me. But, uh, folks, thanks so much. We've thoroughly enjoyed bringing you this show, as well as the over 200, actually over 220 other shows that are currently available. Just if you go to the Facebook Galaxy Moonbeam Night site, the Facebook page that we have established, you can access all of those. Or you can go to Apple iTunes Store. But this is just one of many shows that we plan to continue doing, and one of the many that we've already done, and it's always a joy to get out and talk to not only fellow baby boomers, but the ones who are someday going to boom-boom the world and talk about back when they were 30 years old, like I like I talk about back when I was 30. Anyway, yeah. folks, I am Mike. I'm Smitty. And you've been listening to the Galaxy Moonbeam Night Sight. We're available, Facebook, we're available at our website, galaxymoonbeamnightsight.com, but... No matter what, you can always find us, especially on Facebook. Come and talk to us. In the meantime, we're going to get out of this show right now. And if you're not sure about a collectible, Smitty's got cash money. Send <laughs> yes. a photo. No send, filters on the photo. Send
1: a photo and uh, and a brief description.
0: Yes. <laughs> Even no
1: description. <laughs> Even no description. Just a photo will do <laughs> The Galaxy Nostalgia Network.